0: Welcome to the Mid-Stage Startup Momentum Podcast. Each week, we interview up and coming founders of some of the fastest growing mid-stage startups across the world. Your host is Roland Siebelink, who will share some of his own experience helping startups scale from 10 to 1,000 people in a few years. Here is Roland.
1: Hello and welcome to the Midstage Startup Momentum Podcast. My name is Roland Sibbelink, and I'm the founder and CEO of Midstage Institute. We help fast-growing startups do even better and disrupt all their competition with ease. Now, part of what we do is to talk to a lot of the mid-stage founders out there, and we're very honored to have with us today, uh, Narges Bufaden, who is the CEO and founder of Keytext. Hello, Narges. How are you?
0: Hello. I'm good. Thanks. How about you?
1: I'm very good. Thank you so much. So Narjas you're dialing in from Montreal today, right? Yes, it is. Is your whole <laughs> team in Montreal?
0: Yes, we are about 25 people in Montreal.
1: Let's talk about Keytext. What do you folks do? What difference are you bringing into the world?
0: Yeah, sure. So Keytext is a platform that do the analysis of customer feedback, the text mm-hmm. Feedback, it analyzes all different types of feedback, whether it's surveys, emails, reviews, chats, let's mm-hmm. say. And the intent is really to help brands have a 360 understanding of what's going on on their customer journey, mm-hmm. buying journey, which means that we can provide them with insights on what customers like, dislike, mm-hmm. what the question they are asking regarding the product or service. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, the AI that we've developed allows them to get a certain uh, number of recommendations where about the, the places or the, the areas in the business that would require improvement and the impact of that improvement. So it quantifies the ROI, if you will, yeah, the changes that are recommended by
1: Keytext. Oh, that's amazing. That sounds really attractive. Can you give us uh, lead us through a bit of a concrete example? You don't have to mention any names, of course, but what kind of brand you are working with and what kind of insights the software generated for them?
0: Yeah, for sure. So, so we do work with SMBs and big enterprise. It's okay. really, the range is really very lots. Uh, mm. We cover a bit more than 10 different industries. Uh, oh, wow. Just to give you an idea, we work with American Express, Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: we work also with Lenovo, and then Mm. with Orange Telecommunications. So these are three completely different industries, and Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that probably differentiate and its Mm -hmm. ability to address multiple industries.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Just to double click on that a little bit, like how hard is it to serve several industries with one product?
0: Mm, That's a good question. So Traditionally, it used to be difficult, specifically when you have a text analytic technology, because you need to understand the vocabulary, you need to be aware Mm -hmm. of the industry knowledge, if you will, like the concepts and Mm -hmm. and the main ideas and and things that are relevant to that industry. And usually people would address that challenge by either creating ontologies or like knowledge bases for that Mm -hmm. specific industry. And more advanced folks would train models per industry, mm-hmm. so you still have to acquire a sufficient amount of of data to mm-hmm. annotate, mm-hmm. train, you know, your models. So being for a long time in that space, we figured out that if we can find a way to acquire that domain knowledge automatically, mm-hmm. to make it easy and instant when people are uploading the data, that would remove the burden of having to spend quite some time, quite quite a lot of time to train or, or create a knowledge base. And that's what we did. So the platform is today capable of coping with different industries instantly, because among the things that we've developed in our AI stack is the ability for the system to acquire domain knowledge without the need for any human uh, you know, intervention.
1: Oh, that's amazing. So that's really solving a key problem in the industry. It sounds like, like a key bottleneck that your competitors were struggling with before. Is Is this like your special sauce? Like how you acquired that domain knowledge?
0: It is. (laughs) Uh
1: Very (laughs) That's definitely
0: our innovation. When a company comes in. They do not care about whether your technology is capable of addressing another industry except their own, mm-hmm. right? They, they don't really care about that. But the fact is that because we kind of well aware of the issues related to the type of technology, the text analytic technology, and the fact that we've developed that type of innovative algorithms, it allowed actually the side effect of that is that it allowed businesses to be able to discover new things happening instantly. And just Mm -hmm. to give you an example. So in the pandemic, a lot of things changed, right? Like people started to buy online Mm-hmm. they they stopped you know or reduced a lot uh, you know the in-store shopping right they started spending a lot of time uh, looking you know like being educated of, on a product looking for mm-hmm. reviews and then asking questions and mm-hmm.
1: then
0: and the the consequence of that is that the a lot of data was coming from the digital channels
1: mm-hmm. right so much what more used than to before be, the pandemic right exactly mm-hmm. and
0: it's funny enough because that wealth of information uh actually shows a lot of it delivers a lot of insights on how customers or how the consumer is changing his way of deciding or choosing a product what are the motivation what is the important things or stuff that you would pay attention to before taking okay. any buying decision. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't encoded, you know, CX analysts, they're not aware of that because right. they are discovering this, right? Because right. pandemic didn't happen before, it's happened now. So businesses need to adjust now. They, they they cannot anticipate, they cannot wait until they have enough data. So because of the technology, is this related design, to
1: like what they say in business that you know you basically you don't only know what you ha- don't know. Right, right. You basically only have data about the stuff that's historic and that you've understood for a long time, right? Precisely. Mm-hmm.
0: So because we ha- kind of had the technology that do not rely on historical data. So it's yes. really the way from mm-hmm. the data that is that you upload. I would say that the domain knowledge is acquired. That meant also that new stuff happening that you weren't aware of, that wasn't part of your customer journey because you've changed your customer journey. Mm -hmm. It's another way of of doing, uh, of purchasing stuff. Then the system was able to provide that insight.
1: That's that's quite
0: interesting and relevant, specifically Mm -hmm. in this period, right? Like things are so much changing and fast Mm -hmm. and businesses need to adjust that it was uh, like, it ended up being a very strong competitive advantage.
1: That's amazing. Very good. So it sounds like you had a lot of background in this field already to be able to identify such a competitive advantage. Can you talk us a little bit through the history of Keytext? What brought you folks to the idea? What made you decide to found a company? And what's been some of the history since you founded it?
0: Yeah, sure. So my background is, is technical. I did a master and PhD in uh, machine learning mm-hmm. applied to natural language understanding. Okay. I was very, very curious about creating machines that would be able to understand human language. And after doing the, the PhD, it was like I had the chance to work a lot uh, as a researcher on uh, different universities. And then I ended up working at a Research Institute of Computer Science in Montreal. Okay. And it was actually a, a very good place to start start facing businesses companies mm-hmm. with you know real issues relating you know how can we structure information how can we extract insights how can we pull relevant information that would help our processes mm-hmm. you know having other algorithms other uh, software taking decision based on that insight Right. so after a while in 2010 i i kind of decided that it was really a good time for me to move away from continuing my academic path towards Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. KeyText as it is today was launched in 2015. Got it. And it was actually the result of a very interesting project I had with one of my former customers at that time who was interested to get some insights from call transcripts coming from uh, Mm -hmm. his customers. Mm -hmm. And that person actually tested a lot of products, sentiment analysis products, and then came with the conclusion, into the conclusion that that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to know if the customers were happy or not. They wanted to have a deeper understanding of what is the root causes, if you will. What mm-hmm. is making a customer happy? And even more than that, what customers want to see? Yes. What are their questions? What are, what are their suggestions? So, mm-hmm. It was really an opportunity for me to develop a prototype and it was such a success that we ended up, and the market was really great also, we ended up switching, like pivoting the company and moving away from custom development to create the product KeyText today mm-hmm. that you can see. And, and that product evolved, like we started having more and more customers and having much more data to work with and we ended up providing this software today that addresses a broad uh, you know spectrum of type of feedbacks
1: as you moved from a project into a product that's a a very good journey that we often see were you able to like hone in on what the real problem is that people are facing and and what your software is trying to solve for
0: yeah that's a great question so we cannot say necessarily that Well, there is a high-level problem, but then there is also how people were, I would say, ready to address Mm -hmm. it and in what way they were ready to address it. I guess that brings some nuances into, you know, what type of problems we are solving. For businesses, when we think about proactivity, it's not about solving all the problems that customers are, are mentioning, but starting to prioritize problems. See what are the things that should be fixed because that impacts most your customer experience. That's one end of it, mm-hmm. and the second part, which and that's why I'm, I'm I'm talking about how how customers were ready to like they, how they see the the solution mm-hmm. and how they were interested to address it, is that customer journey is definitely the single source of truth to be able to improve Mm -hmm. your business. And that traditionally has been dressed through surveys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, once a month, once in six months, a quarter, we'll have a company running surveys with an NPS score. Do you like it or do you like it? Would you recommend it or or not? And again, this is only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, if you have a bad score, it's already late, right? So the way we address this problem is actually... By providing a representation of the conversation from customers, Mm -hmm. by explaining what matters for customers, of course, what they like, what they dislike, but more importantly, what they would like to see, the questions, and try to map all that to how they perceive your brand today with Mm -hmm. that score to be able to bring recommendations at the end of the day. And that's the way for you to start, you know, set the path for future product, for future
1: right, improvements,
0: right. for future things to come. So, you so can... it's not
1: just, you're saying it's not just about things you need to fix, but also understanding where there are new growth opportunities, uh, potential new products you exactly. might launch, new services.
0: Exactly. And Very for sure good. the pandemic had one of the side effects is that a lot of actually conversations are coming now through chats for instance right and that think of, of that conversation like before it was mostly taking place in store mm-hmm. and it wasn't wasn't concealed <laughs> anywhere right? Right, right this is a chat between the customer and the the person on, on the floor and, and that's it and then it's lost it's yes. so valuable information that is lost mm-hmm. today it's there it's in a chat log and you can start digging into the data to be able to understand what needs to be developed, posed, mm-hmm. provided to, the, to your customer. Excellent.
1: That sounds all amazing. So uh, let's move a little bit from the product to the go-to market. You already mentioned a little bit about customer readiness, but I'm curious to find out what have you learned about which customers to target? What kind of buyers are your ideal buyers that you'd love to be in touch with? And maybe even something about who are the people who stay with you versus those who maybe try it for a little while and then move on?
0: yeah that's a good question. So it's interesting because we we were a little bit you know following the market in the sense that we had really to pay attention to the companies that had achieved a certain level of maturity in terms mm-hmm. of DX practices. Mm-hmm. And the spectrum is is really large. So there is a whole bunch of companies that really thrive to develop that process and you know in that activity around being customer-centric. So we're really focused at the beginning on big enterprise because more customers, a larger customer base means that you cannot sustain or it's harder to sustain, you know, a, a CX practice that wouldn't, you know, be a little bit more organized. Right. So I'm thinking about having, you know, a Salesforce, a Zendesk, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, platform that would organize a bit, you know, the, the, all the information that you're gathering from your customers. And since key texts require to have that data collected somewhere right so naturally we've been more you know uh, keen to work with big enterprise of course and now we're seeing much more mid uh, mid enterprise coming in in the you know the you know in the segment too because and I think the pandemic is really has really played a, a strong play here because a lot of businesses needed to adjust and and start opening the door to online sales and you know acquire infrastructure to support that and you know have your contact center so we were really opportunistic about the businesses and the need of businesses considering the maturity in terms of cx processes that that was really the the main i would say driver now in terms of of industries as i've as i've mentioned there wasn't necessarily a a specific you know path. Or a, a specific preference for, for an industry. But what we've seen is that the market or the segment of the market that tends to have a lot of competition is mm-hmm. more keen actually to pay attention to the customer experience. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Pays attention, but it would cost much more for some businesses or industries than others because right. of the, the the high competitive level of that, mm-hmm. you know of that industry. So that was another one of the other dimensions that we used to work with when it comes to thinking about the go to market strategy.
1: That's amazing. I was just wondering, Nargis when you are so dependent on like streams of data being available already, people having their customer cases logged chat services. Have you, uh, to what degree have you been depending on partnerships as your go-to markets, like maybe working with the people that install those systems and positioning as an add-on, for example?
0: That's a great question. So we were very well aware of, of the position of key text as an add-on. And yeah. one of the early strategies was actually to partner with survey platforms. And we, mm-hmm. we do have three partnerships going on. And mm-hmm. then in a more proactive way, we started to position key text in different marketplaces. Mm-hmm. So SurveyMonkey marketplace, Zendesk marketplace, right. uh, wherever we could position key text as a solution that would connect easily and seamlessly. That was our way to actually position key text mm-hmm. in that ecosystem it was really cool to, to be, cool be because... discovered
1: more early more easily by uh, by their existing customers right
0: yes absolutely and, and it's it's kind of a way also to start validating some of the things that we need to validate in terms of the volume of, of uh, customers or feedback if you will If there is any infrastructure that is already there to collect the data. So that was kind of a natural fit for us to Mm -hmm. position Kitex in that uh, ecosystem.
1: Very good. Very good. Can you talk a little bit about the team? You said you're about 25 people, I believe, right? All all based in the Montreal area. So uh, I know listeners to this podcast are always interested when you get to that stage, how have you divided it up between the more technical folk and the more go-to-market folks?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, so the team is definitely, uh, so we have a sales team, marketing team, yeah. dev team. In the dev team, we do have folks that are solely focused on AI development. I mean, okay. this is the core of our technology. So we need to make sure that all the data is, is really processed in a way that when you can increase steadily the type of value that you can mm-hmm. leverage from that. and And there is a lot of, potential there. So it's just about how imaginative you can be in terms of creating value from data. And then there is uh, the customer success team also that is Mm -hmm. making sure that our customers are engaged and that we also are uh, listening to what they, you know, they need to to make sure that we can set, you know, the right uh, path to the product in terms of future versions.
1: Okay, very good. And how would you say is the ratio at the moment between more the technical departments versus the go-to-market departments, including customer success?
0: Yeah, I guess 60-40. Percentage 60 is, okay uh, yeah that's pretty, to... that's pretty common
1: It's pretty common and what is the, the in your mind the perfect key text employee
0: that's a great question for sure the culture fit is number one mm-hmm. factor that comes way before any competencies so if there is a fit after that, the ability to- can, can you to expand board. a
1: little bit on, on what does fit mean for you folks? Like what, what are some yeah, key sure. characteristics that make someone fit or not fit in, uh, in key text?
0: Absolutely. So one of the things that really value a lot is the ability to communicate, mm-hmm. to be able to share thoughts and be open-minded about other thoughts.
1: Okay. So, yeah.
0: Uh, right? It's a community of, at the end of the mm-hmm. day. And uh, we want to make sure that, I mean, the best thing we can get from people is when those folks are safe, feel listened to, feel Mm -hmm. respected and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And that's a collective effort, starting, of course, from the management, but going towards also members Mm -hmm. team. That's definitely one of the important things that we cherish a lot. That's something that we ask right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you can see that when you are conducting an interview and a discussion with with a potential future employee, and then for sure, as a, being a woman, it's really important for me to try to get as much, you know, representation, feminine representation in the team. Mm-hmm, so of uh, course. we are technical folks. It's not necessarily easy, but so far we've been lucky. We have an amazing reputation here in Montreal when it comes to, you know, supporting women, making sure that they feel comfortable, you know, working with, with the whole team.
1: Love to hear that. That's uh, that's amazing that you can actually push for somewhat more equal representation and diversity in your team as well. That's amazing. Yeah. How uh, big can you see key text become? Let's say 10 years down the line, where would you like to be? How will you measure your success?
0: I think we can, I would love to mm-hmm. see key text in a position where it become a must have for yes. any business, mm-hmm. despite the fact. That the happiness of your customers and your reputation as a business is definitely the critical component in the success of any company. Yeah. I'm not sure we're yet in a level of awareness that Mm -hmm. businesses would put that as a Mm must-have, you know, solution. And I guess it's not I mean, and I'm not criticizing, I merely think that saying that maybe there is a certain level of maturity from the technology Mm -hmm. perspective and value proposition so brands can see the ROI as straightforward written on investment when they invest in in those types of technologies Mm -hmm. and that's that's definitely something that has moved us to move towards recommendations to be much more proactive you know versus showing some insights and go figure out how to make sense of this and how to use it to improve your business. So I think there is definitely a part of it is technology. I mean, is the technology valuable enough to become a must-have? I think we are definitely in a good good position and in a good way to be that type of technology. Mm-hmm. And And once that is, I'm pretty sure that businesses would tend to consider, you know, that type of software and Keytext hopefully, you know, as important as a payment, an online payment solution.
1: Excellent, okay, very good. So um, I fully expect Keytext to own 500 of the Fortune 500 companies in 10 years time, because this sounds like an amazing proposition. So if people want to find out more about Keytext, Nargess, then where should they go and what should they download?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh keytext.ai. Yeah, that's the place where to go. Actually, there is only a free trial so that you can just upload your data and you are up and running. You can start playing with it with the application and see all the values that we can bring. Of course, there is interesting case studies, different customers with different use cases. So I hope that can shed some light on how they can get some value mm-hmm. and the type of return investment. Uh, And, of course, you can follow us, guys, on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter.
1: Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all this amazing insight, Narjas Boufaren, the CEO and founder of Keytext. Thank you for your time.
0: Thank you so much.
1: And to our listeners, we will have a new episode next week. Uh, Stay posted. Thank you.
0: Like what you heard? Subscribe to this podcast and leave a review. Tune in next time for more hot startups and interviews with some of the highest momentum startup founders in tech today.